Former Chargers linebacker Drew Tranquil will officially not rejoin the team, and he is headed to the evil Kansas City Chiefs. But did he do it to spite L.A., or did he do it because the Chargers wanted to move on? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen. To make sure you never miss the show, make sure you're following or subscribing on YouTube and getting us wherever you get your podcast from. And today, we are talking about some big news because Drew Tranquil will officially not be coming back to the Chargers. We had a little flicker of hope maybe it was going to be him and eric hendricks right in the chargers linebacking core but he goes to the division rival chiefs why did he do it we're going to talk about what we think about what happened with that situation but it does mean that kenneth murray is still in line to start this season and there may be some issues that come along with that and we're getting into mock draft monday because it is mock draft monday so even though we have some news we are dropping our first two round mock draft of the season me and david each have our own two rounds we're going to be getting into two separate two-round mock drafts from us, getting into some different explosive playmakers, some defenders that maybe aren't in the conventional line of thinking with who a lot of Chargers fans think the Chargers could draft. But today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and owning your own football franchise and managing that? Then this game is for you. Download the game at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, in the game store. David, <laughs> the drama. <laughs> Drew Tranquil decides to go and lunch on with the Kansas City Chiefs, which in a vacuum, David, hey, if you're trying to go win a Super Bowl, if you're ring chasing, that's not a bad place to go to where, you you know, the team that just won the Super Bowl. But this is the thing. The Chargers ended up signing Eric Hendricks. They did not get a deal done with Drew Tranquil. They let him test the waters right in free agency because he was able to be not under contract when that day came. And he ends up going to the Chiefs, which is like just on its own. It sucks to see, you know, a player that came up and finally kind of hit their stride leave. But it's even worse when they leave and go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, that sucks. I, I hate it. Just as a just strip away the analyst, strip away the podcaster title, just as a straight up Charger fan, I can't stand it. I mean, there is really no other worse place that you could see one of the players that you enjoyed watching, a guy that really seemed like he was really putting it all together. That was one of the shining bright spots of your defense. And not only does he leave in free agency, he goes to the team that you have had the most trouble beating over the course of the last six or seven years. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the evil empire. It just It's unfathomable to believe that he went to that team. It could have been anyone else. It could have been any other team. But no, he decided to go to Chiefs Kingdom. And we are very aware of all of the rumors that are flying around about exactly why he didn't come back to the Chargers. But let's just look at what happened, right? We know this. The Chargers did not come to an agreement with him before the official tampering period began. They immediately went and signed Eric Hendricks, right? So, like, either one of these things happened, David. The Chargers 
wanted something different because they knew, okay, the Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray show wasn't working. So do we want to try to run that back? Or they couldn't get something going. They didn't think he was potentially an option. They went and signed Eric Hendricks, but that money had been allocated somewhere else, right? And when you go and join a division rival, that obviously kind of could, you know, connote maybe you're trying to get a little bit of revenge. So even though, yes, that would be a great place to ring chase, right? Great place to go try to win a Super Bowl. If you wanted to be petty, right? If you wanted to go and get revenge, I mean, I can't think of a better place to go. Exactly. I mean, you heard my emotional response to it, right? I mean, that's that's what it felt like to me in the moment. When the news came out that he was signing with the Chiefs, my first immediate thought was, man, that seems pretty spiteful. Just seems like, and hey, I don't know anything, but no, that's course. just how it feels emotionally. Like, if you wanted to stick it in the craw of the Chargers the most, if you wanted now. to piss the Chargers off, excuse me, if you wanted to make them as angry as possible, it would be to go play for the Chiefs and beat the Chargers twice and go raise another Lombardi trophy. That's how you would do it. Like, if you were yeah. mad about how this all went went about, you're going to the Chiefs, and that's exactly what happened. I don't know if that's exactly how he felt, but that's just what it seems like and what it feels like to me. Yeah, and I think there's just a kind of general surprise that that's all he was able to go get on the open oh, market. Sure. Just seeing what some of these guys were signing for, you know, the Alex Singletons of the world. The Quincy Williams of the world who are out there getting, you know, three-year deals over $6 million per It's almost season. like he waited too long. Sure, and I mean, I don't blame him for wanting to go test that if that's what he wanted to do, right? If he had the chance yeah. to go secure that for himself, I understand it. And I could understand that the Chargers felt like they needed to move on because they weren't going to sit around and wait. Right. I get that, too. But the Chargers moved pretty darn quickly. It didn't Very. seem like they wanted to wait and see if Drew Tranquil would come back. Kind of like what we saw with, you know, Morgan Fox. He got to check his market out. He came back to the Chargers. They should have paid him way more. It was a crazy, oh, yeah. insane deal by the Chargers. Great value. Uh, and even Pipkins, like less, a little less than I thought it would be. Less than Andrew Wiley, right? But with Drew Tranquil, he goes and signs for less, right? And I think that's the, the hard thing is just like, okay, well, it seems like he obviously could have been had, right? Yeah. And just in, if you had him out there and he wanted to resign and he was willing to take that, it would seem to make a lot more sense. Seems like a no-brainer. Totally. More than going to be a backup potentially in Kansas City. I mean, I don't think you're paying $5 million for a backup, so they must, you know, it's $3 million up to $5 million according to what the reports are out there. But Eric Kendricks is making over $6 million a season, right? Mm -hmm. Like over $6.5 million per season. Yeah. So uh, maybe the Chargers want something different, you know, but I think there was just that little kind of thought that, hey, maybe – Drew Tranquil, the market won't be out there, and he'll want to come return to the Chargers, and he'll want to come potentially be the starter alongside Eric Hendricks, right? Yeah. And have that the, that duo kind of work for you. I mean, I think that would have been that really, really fun. Yeah. But as it stands now, David, you're ending into another season that even if you really like the Eric Hendricks signing, it's still Eric Hendricks and Kenneth Murray, which still kind of leaves a big question mark in the middle of the defense. Yeah, the question mark is what version of Kenneth Murray are you going to get? Are you going to, I mean, a, a, get a guy that for the first couple of years was battling injuries and trying to figure out kind of where his place was in the defense? Or are you going to find any kind of version that you think is going to be a good version for your defense? I think we saw some good things last year out of Kenneth Murray. At least I feel like he was productive in some senses. He was pretty decent in coverage, but his overall game and one of the biggest issues that we have 
with Kenneth Bernie is against the run. And he just has always kind of been a liability in that aspect. So it really definitely makes you think, do they really feel like Kenneth Murray is going to be someone that is going to be a key cog in their defense going forward? How do they not look at that spot and say, hey, maybe we should think about upgrading at this linebacker position too? Well, and the thing is, is for them, they could still address it, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to pick up Kenneth Murray's fifth-year option when that time comes and sometime mid-May when they have to make that decision. There's almost no chance I see them picking that up for what that price tag is going to be for a middle linebacker who hasn't lived up to it. I mean, I think the thing is, is the level that you would want to see from Kenneth Murray, you haven't seen it yet. So it's hard to just kind of write that off. I mean, I would feel better. You know, we've seen them go and sign guys like Nick Vigil in the past late. We saw them last year go get a Troy Reader. We saw them go get a Kyle Van Noy. Last season, it seemed like they brought in Kyle Van Noy to potentially eat into those Kenneth Murray snaps alongside Drew Tranquil. Potentially, right? It seemed like that's kind of what was happening there. So it seemed like that was on their mind. Maybe they're not done addressing it this year. Maybe it's something they feel like they can either wait in free agency and add somebody cheaper down the road, or maybe they try to attack it in the draft. I have a guy later, potentially, that they could replace Drew Tranquil with and match him up with Eric Hendrick in the middle. Maybe something I would be more excited about, at least the unknown possibility of it, rather than Kenneth Murray, which we know at this point. is kind of a known commodity at this point. He got better last year, and it still yeah. wasn't good enough. Both right. of those things can be true. Do I want Kenneth Murray to come out and be the player they you know wanted when they drafted him? Absolutely. It would make yes. things a lot easier. It would be yes. one less kind of perceived hole that they would have to fill. But speaking of filling holes, we will be getting into our first mock draft of the season. Two-round mock getting into rounds one and two for the Chargers for the first time this year. Coming up after this, but I do need to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. I know you guys have heard me talk about this mobile gaming app, and if you ever thought that you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty I found that out the hard way. You know, 2-14 and 14 the first season was, was a little rough. When I set the expectations to win six games the next season, I p- promise I thought I was going to hit it. It's hard. You know, I thought I could sign bad character guys, unlike the Chargers. I tried to go anti-Chargers and get bad character guys because they're really good at football. Didn't work. Being a GM is hard, but that's just a couple of the things and how realistic this game is and how it just sucks you. And I played like four seasons the other night and my wife had no idea what was going on. But with Ultimate Football GM, you hired the right coaches and coordinators, manage the finances, including negotiating player salaries and also negotiating when things happen. Are you going to make your player demand an apology for him for saying some crazy stuff on social media? Or are you going to take the player side and coddle him a little bit? But the great news is, guys, right now you can get a head start because a Locked On Chargers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKEDON in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. David, we have talked about a ton of first-round draft prospects, right? We've talked about some receivers. we talked about some tight ends, some edge rushers the Chargers could potentially try to target in the first round, even a defensive tackle. But today we're getting into our first official mock draft. Now that we've had time to watch some second-round picks right now, that we have a good idea of who could potentially be available around where the Chargers pick in round one and getting a better picture of round two. I mean, it's all still a crapshoot. It's still hard to get any kind of consensus as who's going to be available once you hit pick 50, right, and the Chargers are about to pick. But I really like what we have here today, David. I think we have a couple of different ways the Chargers can handle the first two picks of the draft. And I think we know that these are picks they're going to have to hit with. These are very, very 
high risk, high reward picks. And the Chargers have had some instant contributors, guys like Asante Samuel Jr., guys like Rashawn Slater, guys like Zion Johnson. Either they're even they're going to have to do that again in this draft. So, pick one, David. Who are you going with for the Chargers at pick twenty one in your first mock draft of the season? What are you thinking? Yeah, this is, uh, I think, is going to be interesting for some people. Definitely going to be a little bit surprising, I think, especially for the crowd that wants all offense. And trust me, I completely understand it. But as of right now, the Chargers need a safety. And so the guy that was on my list, and there was several good good options available. We had Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland. We had Michael Mayer, obviously a guy we've talked about. Kalaja Kansi was also available at that spot. When I was picking, I decided to go with safety Brian Branch out of Alabama. This guy is exciting, and the reason why is because he can play all over the field. He's a very versatile defender. He played in the slot, played out wide, he played in the box, played back deep. He played that star and that money position at Alabama, so he has uh, experience playing those positions, which are very heavily prevalent in Brandon Staley's scheme. He is a fantastic tackler. I mean, very, very strong. According to PFF, he had four misses on 174 career attempts. That is That's phenomenal. That's that is crazy. fantastic. Also, he's an effective blitzer, does a really good job of getting his hands up to defect, deflect passes as well. I just feel like watching this guy, he was a natural fit to be able to put next to uh, Derwin James, a guy that's very versatile like Derwin James. I feel like Brandon Steele would have a lot of fun with those two yeah. defenders trying to just figure out how and where is going to be the best way to utilize those weapons. I love Brian Branch, and I think this is a situation where you're feeling like you're getting the best player available, even if it doesn't fit your biggest need, right? Which, yeah. if you want to stick to that BPA, that best player available kind of philosophy and mantra, that would have to kind of be on the table, right? Maybe there's yeah. someone there you feel a lot better about. You know, maybe there's a Nolan Smith, you know, maybe John Robinson, Tempsey, maybe. But so a lot of those guys are gone by the time. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those guys' stock have kind of risen above where the Chargers are probably going to pick. As far as what you're getting from him, it's always interesting with the tweeners, right? Because he sure. doesn't really fit in any one box. You have to be kind of willing to use him as a Swiss Army knife. But, man, could you see where it fits? <laughs> I mean, he'd fill multiple kind of roles for you in multiple areas you don't feel great about. I mean, you need him out there at nickel corner potentially to kind of shoot on some guys in, in the flats and, and go up and make a it. tackle for a loss. He's great at that. He gets downhill quickly. When he mm -hmm. gets there, he supplies the force and the power yep. that you want. He plays with great leverage. If you need somebody to cut a run back inside, he's out there to do it. And he's just going to be able to, you know, at least maneuver his block into the right area. Like, so much to like about this dude. I mean, lack of production, I think, in college as far as takeaways and things like that. Like, specifically sure. takeaways. But, yeah. like, all over the field, he would make you a better football team. Good defenses have players like him on their roster, right? So, like, even though right. there's some cons, you know, maybe it doesn't make the most fit as a sense, you know, for the Chargers right now. Maybe they go sign John Johnson tomorrow. As of right now, you need a safety. That could potentially be a guy that's available there. I like the pick, David. Thank you. Thank you very much. I Yeah, definitely uh, you can see the fit there. Obviously, if you're looking at some of the things that, you know, he needs to work on, Obviously, he's a little undersized. I think that's one thing you have to, to look the at. The 190 was surprising. I mean, a lot of places yeah. had him listed at like 215 before the combine. He showed up. I mean, I think people thought he was going to weigh more for sure. Right, which is a huge, huge difference. That's a big discrepancy. Yeah. Uh, he's probably not the, the, the highest end athlete that you would expect kind of in this particular spot. But I feel sure. like the technical acumen and how he plays, I think, kind of supersedes that a little bit. He is athletic, just not like 
off the charts RAS score sure. type athletic. You know, when you yeah. get him on the football field, he is a good football athlete. And yeah, he played in the slot quite a bit, but I feel like he's definitely more versatile than that. I would have liked to seen him in the deep part of the field a little bit sure. more just so I can get an understanding and a feel about how he does that, but I can definitely see his impact immediately in the Chargers defense. I think he did more deep stuff earlier on, too, because his role kind of changed there over the years because yeah. he was playing there as a freshman on a really talented defense. But I like it. I mean, it's off the board. And we're going over a lot of guys, right? This is how we feel a month and a half away from the draft. Things right. are going to change, obviously. I like that for tonight. And we've talked about a lot of these other guys. Like who I ended up going with with mine tonight, the combo I ended up going with, with someone plus wide receiver from Boston College, Zay Flowers. Wanted to get that knee quickly. Felt good enough about taking him at 21 where I feel like I know I'm getting someone who can attack two different things that the Chargers need specifically, right? Somebody who can create after the catch and somebody that can attack the deep part of the field. This is a guy that can do both. He has, you know, he's smaller. There's some downside to it. You don't usually see guys this small going, but like bulked up a little bit for the combine, right? Gained 12, 15 pounds, looked a lot That's thicker. Really good. Oh, yeah. And he just is special, man. Like, I, I can see how he impacts the Chargers offense. I know you, I could potentially wait later on in some other drafts. I will and see kind of what speed receivers I can get later. But to attack both of those needs, to link that cheap contract up with the super egregiously expensive contracts the Chargers have with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and kind of getting someone to follow in those dudes' footsteps is the reason for me to go with Zay Flowers, at least in mock draft one. Not only that, but you're, you're about to sign a gigantic contract with your superstar quarterback justin herbert too so to get him another just dynamic weapon would be a fantastic fantastic decision and i love it i would be all over this pick he is a guy that really checks a lot of the boxes that you're asking for that just straight up vertical speed the ability the stop and start ability and the acceleration the yak ability this is a huge threat Somebody that the Chargers do not have, not in, in any kind of mold, would just transform the way that that offense will look and what it is capable of delivering to you. It makes everything that you do so much more effective. It makes Keenan Allen better. It makes Mike Williams better because you have that threat you have to account for. And when you have right. to worry about that, then you might lose track of the route running savvy of Keenan Allen, or you might lose track of that incredible ability to go over the top with Mike Williams. It's just an awesome pick and I would love it. Yeah. And and I think the other thing too, a little bit of Austin Eckler insurance, right? I mean, this dude does kind of what you've relied for on Austin Eckler to do for the last three seasons, which is, Hey, I just need to get the ball in your hands and I need you to make somebody miss. I'm pretty sure I watched this dude make, (laughs) you know, eight people miss in the same play. Zay Flowers has that in spades. I mean, stop on a dime, crazy video game type of quicks, and just, you know, can turn any play into a 70-yard house call. It might not yep. just be with just straight speed. It might not just be with just being able to make people miss. It's the combination of both. He's a special dude. You have to think someone special to take him there. But a little Austin Eckler insurance. And helps the receivers, too. You know who else it helps? Justin Herbert, who's oh, been yeah. getting very, very little after the catch from his wide Seriously. receivers for a long time. You know who else it helps? Kellen Moore, to have an offensive weapon like that that fills some of those needs that you don't have, even if you feel really good about your wide receiving core. So I'm going with Zay Flowers in this one, and I'm going to flip around and pick somebody on the defensive side of things to balance things out a little. Edge rusher seems like it would make the most sense as I'm sitting here right now. Maybe I should have taken edge rusher, but I didn't, and neither did David. And we ended up taking somehow 
two players from Iowa. We're getting to the second part of our first mock draft of the season. Two-round mock, two different players from Iowa, the most exciting team in college football for the Chargers in the second round, coming up after this. But I need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, and I'm talking about FanDuel, because right now, guys, I can't think of a time that would be better to have FanDuel. Because not only do you get the no-sweat first bet, which means you can win even if you lose, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. But I don't know if you guys have been watching. It's kind of a crazy tournament up there right now that's heating up. And things are only going to get crazier from here. Wow, it's been really nuts so far. I can't think of a better time to get in on this action. A lot of crazy stuff going on. David's tattoo. Love that, even though he didn't go to San Diego State. Not the point here. The point is, it's a great time. If you guys want to go get money line, play your points, all the props that you're looking for, and even get the same game parlay through FanDuel, this is the best way to do it. Because same game parlay, you can multiply your winnings. When tiny seeds are taking out big giant behemoths, that's where you can get in on this action and have a ton of fun during one of the most fun sports times of the year. So don't miss out on your chance to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into part two of our first Chargers mock draft. 1.0, I guess, right? Two-round mock draft, getting a little bit of both, seeing how we can get, you know, fill a couple of holes and, and kind of get excited about what this Chargers draft class could bring, bring, knowing what they've initially kind of filled in free agency, right? We're not talking about right tackles today, right? We're not talking about even, like, linebackers. Oh, wait, I am going to bring up a linebacker. But let's start with who you wanted to take in the second round because you ended up going safety, which is a little unconventional now. You're looking right. I mean, you don't have the speed receiver yet. Maybe you want to look for a tight end. Maybe you want to look for an edge rusher, right? All three things that we kind of put at the top of our list as far as where we think the charge should go with those top 100 picks. What did you end up deciding on? Yeah, I mean, I think after taking safety, I definitely wanted to go offense with this pick. That was definitely a concentration for me. And I wanted to get a speed receiver. I mean, I think that was something that I was looking for in this round. But the guys that were available to me didn't exactly fit that bill. You had Josh Downs that was there, you had Nathaniel Dell that was available to me, and then a couple of defenders, BJ Ojolari, Tuli Tui Pelopu. To, ah, I know I messed that up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tuli okay. was available there from USC. Pelotu, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dan Dan's got the pronunciation Tuli, down. Tuli Tui Pelotu. Yeah, we talked about the the edge rusher from USC. Yes, exactly. But I went with tight end. I went with Sam Laporta out of Iowa, six foot four, two fifty. A guy who had a lot of production over the last two years, over 110 catches in his last two seasons. He is fantastic in the open field. You would not expect it when you watch this guy, but he does a great job of getting extra yards after the catch. Also, breaking tackles is fantastic. According to PFF, he broke 30 tackles on 111 catches the last two seasons alone. Also, 6.3 yards after catch per reception, which is unbelievable. That is fantastic. Yeah. And this guy really has true speed. He is a 4.59 guy at the tight end position, so he's a guy that can really threaten the seam. <laughs> he's almost uh, as fast as all the Chargers wide receivers, basically, but he plays it, tight end. Exactly. Um, he's a decent blocker. Um, he can play inside and play outside. Uh, I can definitely see him joining up with Justin Herbert and being a kind of secret, uh, secretly sneaky yards after catch threat in the middle of the football field. Yeah. Very 
interesting and exciting option to add to a tight end room that you know if you look at it right now there's a couple of guys that are essentially on one-year deals or have one year left on their deal with gerald everett and donald parham jr so you want to add someone on a cost-controlled contract to that tight end room yeah and i mean the charge basically i'm like we'll talk about the donald parham basically the charge got two for one on that deal right mm-hmm. have him back in the mix but yeah i mean the future for you is very uncertain there Right. Charge weren't willing to give Donald Parham $2.6 million just to come back for this season. They ended up getting him basically two years for that. We'll talk about that because he could potentially be one of the people who benefits the most from Kellen Moore, and we want to talk about that tomorrow since he is officially back in the mix now. But it does not by any means you know, take the Chargers out of the tight end game in this draft. I mean, I think if anything, if you wanted to take someone, especially who needs to season a little bit, this is a great year to do it because you do have those guys and you need someone that can kind of be the future with Gerald Everett going into the last year of his two-year deal, right? Yeah. I like it. I mean, it's interesting because I know I've seen people, some people question this dude's hands, but I've also seen this dude make some pretty ridiculously contested catches as well, some snares over the middle of the field, some really nice catches where he ended up taking a big hit over the middle. Another thing is with Sam Laporta specifically is, Iowa's offense was run terribly, right? I mean, he did not get a lot of help from the rest of the Iowa offense. He was a big focal point for this offense. You know, they featured him for sure. I could definitely see, hey, get that next receiving guy, get that next, you know, helpful weapon, field seam stretcher for Justin Herbert for sure. I don't think that's crazy at all. And then this way, you know, you end up going safety, but you bring back an offensive weapon that you feel good about in the second round, safety tight end in the first two rounds. I ended up going wide receiver in the first round. Wanted to go defense in the second round. Didn't necessarily, I think I'd be going with who I ended up with. I ended up going with Jack Campbell because he fell to me. I think he was like the 39th ranked prospect of the mock draft simulator I was using. Fell to where the charges were, you know, got to the 50s. And I couldn't pass it up because the dude is just so solid. I mean, I just loved what I saw from him too much when I was looking at who the options were for me available. I know that they just got Eric Kendricks. I know they have Kenneth Murray, and you know what I said about him earlier in the show. This was a guy who I felt like I couldn't leave on the board. You know, the receivers I wasn't feeling. Me and you were, you know, Marvin Mims was there. He's more maybe a third-round pick to me. I was also yeah. looking at Sam Laporta. I ended up going with Jack Campbell, David, because with him, I just didn't see a lot of flaws. I mean, I know some people were kind of questioning him athletically and maybe there is some stiffness to it but he got a 9.98 res score at the combine which is you know probably going to at least solve some of those you know cures but i think it was just fiending for stuff i haven't seen the dude does not get stuck on blocks yeah oh what i how i feel when i see a linebacker (laughs) consistently defeats blocks in front of him can stack and shed blocks in front of him can read the right holes to go and fill correctly and also be that kind of old school linebacker that can go lay a hit on somebody i mean this dude first of all would come in i think and instantly help you in run defense i love the way he defended the run really really just had great instincts and a great feel and knew how to find the ball in traffic i mean i watched this dude shed so many offensive linemen off of him and still make a tackle when there's chaos in the middle i didn't mean to go out and get jack campbell david but i had zay flowers i saw a difference maker potentially on the defensive side and i couldn't pass it up well, and he's a grown man, too. He is six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds of That's nuts, beef. Yeah. 
Okay, you don't see that at linebacker. Right. This is a like, large, like large human category. at linebacker. And also, the one thing that you didn't mention that is kind of one of his you know, biggest things that he did really well was coverage. Right. Uh, surprisingly. Which is something that people have knocked him for. Right, is which is crazy. Funny. But, you know, this is another great stat from PFF. He only allowed 236 yards on 418 coverage snaps this season and had over a 90 coverage grade, which led all linebackers last season in college football so a very very well-rounded linebacker a guy who is physically imposing and has the athleticism to back it up and just seems like a very well-rounded player a guy that can make an impact against the run and is not a liability in coverage at all so i like the pick i mean definitely not necessarily something you were expecting to take but a guy that you take and you definitely plug in and you can see an impact right away well, it's like your Brian Branch pick, right? Like right. I wasn't going out looking for a linebacker necessarily. A linebacker it's not supposed just to be a good linebacker class. And maybe he doesn't get there now because of how well he's tested. But the thing is, this dude drop every year, and you don't know. Nicobe Dean was a third-round pick every last year. year. You know what I mean? Yep. Guess what? Jamari Sawyer was a sixth-round pick last year. You don't know where these dudes are going to go. I don't know how interested I am in this linebacker class as a whole, but I knew he was the best one. I knew he was available when I was picking for the Chargers in the second round, and I had to jump on it. I mean, it was just – too many things I never see from college linebackers and things I don't see any, you know, it's just kind of going away in this game with also the range. I mean, first of all, he has great instincts in coverage, yeah. right? Knows where the passing lanes are. Never just tries to cover space. He's always looking for somebody to cover. He's always looking to see if there's a crossing route coming in behind him potentially that's about to come into his zone. I liked him a lot. I, I yeah. think you pair that with a short-term rental on Eric Hendricks the next couple of years. These both these dudes can go out and make plays on the perimeter in the running game, which is easily where the Chargers were worse last season. So yeah. maybe a little stiff-hipped, right? Maybe there's some things. Maybe not the most ideal, you know, value for the second round. Maybe it's not the biggest need that you have on your team. I just like the pick, David. But I like where we're at. You know, you go safety and you go tight end. I go wide receiver. And then I end up going linebacker. It never ends up how you think it's going to go. But I think both of us ended up filling big needs that we feel like could improve the Chargers this season, which is, you know, it's an all-in season for them this year. It is, absolutely. They, they need to bring in guys, especially early on in the draft, those first, second, third rounds that are going to come in and make an impact right away. Because the way that they handled this offseason so far, this free agency period, the contracts they restructured, the guys that they brought back, will seem to indicate that they truly believe that they are going to win a championship or they are preparing to go do that. So that's why it's important to bring in guys that are going to have an impact on offense and defense day one. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think for this Chargers team, they need impact players for the guys that kind of we went off the board with. I mean, all those dudes, you can argue, make an impact, right? But Jack Ham was very good. Kenneth Murray insurance. Sam Laporta is very, very good Donald Parham insurance, right? And yep. making sure you have weapons and making sure you're getting more production out of that tight end room other than Gerald Everett, who had a really good season last season. Yeah. Someone to pair with him. And we know that Kellen Moore loves to use tight ends. Like, there will be three tight ends who are heavily involved in this offense if it looks like anything they were doing in Dallas last season. So, it's going to be very interesting. But... Donald Parham, I'm excited about, man. Like, I'm excited these back in the fold, and I think the biggest reason is why, even though Shane Steichen kind of failed to figure out how to use him, right? Even though Joe Lombardi failed to figure out how to use him, he's back with the team. His blocking had gotten a lot better. 
And now he has potentially a fresh start with a new offensive coordinator. Maybe Kellen Moore is the guy that can kind of tap into some of that potential. And maybe we feel a little bit differently about this tight end room, right? So we're going to talk about that. Chargers also brought in J.K. Scott again to a two-year contract, bringing in one of the biggest factors on their special teams unit. That's great. They could also sign John Johnson by the time you're hearing this. So we will be back with you guys as we always are Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you're subscribing or following on YouTube and finding us everywhere you get your podcast from. But until tomorrow, guys, you can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show's page at Lockdown LAC and on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. Glad we got to do this mock draft Monday. There's a lot going on. Hopefully we'll see some more free agent signings too because the Chargers still have a little bit of money to spend. But we'll continue to be with you guys as we always are, and we always appreciate you guys checking it out. If you want to get on the next fan show and get your voicemail in, you can call into 323-524-7924 to get your 30-second question in, and we'll get it answered on the next show. But thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. We always try to bring you guys the only daily content you're going to find on the Chargers out there. But if you guys need a second listen, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. I should probably try to see if I can get, you know, Chargers ownership listening to that too, trying to build a successful franchise for the Chargers and bring home that first Super Bowl. But thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen. We will be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.